Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. Joined as always by my faithful co-host, we got Chev Nuni. Chev, what is up, man? How you doing? Oh, Chev, you're muted. What an absolute idiot. I said the boys are back. I'm the one without the cough, though, so my mic should have been on this time. The other boys, I don't know what's going on over there in that side of the world, but boy, coughing well, season's I, in effect. I got bronchitis, so don't make me laugh or it could upset and agitate my bronchius, which I'm assuming is where you get bronchitis. <laughs> also not a doctor, but but we are joined. He is back. He is back my bronchioles that's it thank you sean that sounds that sounds extremely accurate he is back he's been traversing the globe but ladies and gentlemen mr nate the professor christian has decided to grace us with his presence nate welcome back how you doing i'm doing great it's been too long since i've been on this podcast it's like almost a month which is just ridiculous because Mm -hmm. this has become a weekly routine this has become a core part of my life I mean, I enjoyed the beaches in Barcelona. Don't get me wrong, but I missed you guys. I don't know who approved a three-week vacation for you because <laughs> I don't remember saying that's fine for the record, but I'm glad you had a good time. I'm really glad you're back, and we're going to get right into it because you know what? Nate had a tough decision to make. Is he going to come back or is he going to stay in Europe, <laughs> get that free health care? But guess what? He decided to come back, and he made a tough decision so we're going to as well. So this week, today, I guess you could say, we're making some tough dynasty decisions. These are some moves we want to make, some strategy that we're going to look into. So look, not everything is cut and dry. This player, that player, this move, that move, who you put in your lineup. Sometimes it's more than that. So we dipped into our plush resources, also known as our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. If you'd like to join, we had three new people join last night while I was sleeping. I woke up to that. After resting my bronchioles, Sean, thank you very much. Because I did get 10 hours of sleep last night. Can't remember the last time I did that. Woke up to three new patrons, so they know what's up. You can too. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Three tiers. If you pay for a year, you get a 10% discount. Essentially getting a month for free. It's still not to steal. Do it. Do it. But this first scenario is from one of our patrons, Caleb, one of our rewinders, I should say. He says, when and how do you decide that it's the right time to make a competitive push? What benchmarks do you have in place to make those determinations? And if you reach the conclusion that you're not quite ready, what moves do you need? Or I'm sorry, what moves do you make to keep yourself out of the middle, either by way of strategically tanking or making moves to make your team an above average one. Nate, this feels like a professor question to me. <laughs> so why don't we start with you? 
Yeah, so just going over some of the benchmarks that I use to decide if my team is rebuilding or competitive or just stuck in the middle, you know, definitely look back at last year's potential points. You, I mean, standings, you know, that's what gets you to the playoffs at the end of the day, those wins and losses on a weekly basis. But when you look back at your season and see how well your team did, looking at those potential points is important because sometimes maybe you just didn't manage your team very well and you could have done better, you know, and that's something you can improve in this year. Maybe you go check out some more DFS or you look at some more redraft rankings for when you're putting together your weekly lineup, but definitely looking at potential points and seeing what your team can do, looking at then what you've added potential points wise as well, because we've gotten rookies and rookies are fun. That's how we build dynasty teams. What it's all about. But rookies aren't always the big redraft guys, their rookie year. So, you know, looking at your lineup and not looking at your lineup by dynasty value, but starting to look at your lineup in redraft value because it's fun making a team, but when the season starts, fantasy football does not care about the talent on your team. It cares about the carries. It cares about the targets. It cares about the box score. So got to start looking at that box, the box score stats of what your guys are going to be able to do this season. That's how you know, you know, what your team's going to be doing in 2023. Beautifully said, Nate. Look at that. A great segue back into the podcast. Chef, do you have anything to add? Anything that you look for? Um, when you're in this situation yeah i'm looking at others teams as well in those total points that they're getting because Mm -hmm. you know some of these teams might have just squeaked in and you might be better than them so you might truly be a contender you just had bad luck to start off the season or whatnot so that's another thing i look at i want to know what the other teams have done to their teams as well you have to feel everybody out you have to feel out what these guys are trying to do as well if they're trying to rebuild and you're like, I don't know if I'm if I'm in the middle or not. You better try to rebuild a little bit quicker than they do because there's nothing worse than being second or third to the rebuild mm-hmm. because you're you're gonna have to miss a year. You're gonna miss 24, and then you got to go to 25 to start getting those picks. And I don't want to wait that long if I'm rebuilding. So always checking out what other teams are doing, and you know, just be be honest with yourself. Like, am I a competitor? Does this look like it's gonna be a competing team? And if you have those old vets that you know maybe you're not a competitor. Now's the time to get rid of those guys, possibly. If you have those 29, 30-year-old vets like a Devontae Adams or a DeAndre Hopkins or some of these older running backs, now might be the time to cash in if you're trying to – if you realize, you know, I'm not one of those contenders. Now it's time to rebuild. So those are the yeah. things I kind of look for. I feel like sometimes if it's the right time to make a competitive push, I feel like that's something that you might have been feeling for a little while. Uh, maybe towards the end of last season, maybe you felt like you needed a few more pieces. Um, but the best time really too, is you want to start thinking about that preferably before your rookie draft. So, you know, do I need to move some of these assets for proven players? I'm sorry, by assets, I mean, draft picks, draft pick is an asset too, or do I need to kind of retool a little bit and, um, you know, get into this draft more? I think one of the things that's important too and whether we're talking about rebuilding or contending is this everybody seems to always put players in two categories for the most part if you're a contending player or player for a contending team you're older there's a one to two year window and if you're for a rebuilding team um you're younger very inexperienced maybe a rookie or second year player what i'm trying to tell people to do is go for the middle ground you want to go for an above average borderline elite level player that you can get more than one or two years out of. So don't be afraid to swing for the fences for Amon Ross St. Brown. 
if you can afford a Jamar Chase and it doesn't cripple you in terms of draft picks, go for it. Go for guys that are going to help you out. Josh Allen is going to be around a lot. Like some people are like, oh, you want to win? Go grab Aaron Rodgers. He's got a year or two left. Pay a little more and get Josh Allen. He's probably going to put up more points. He's going to be on your team a lot longer too. So whenever you are looking for that competitive advantage, you're looking for the rebuild, don't just look up here in terms of age. And again, I always like to tell people fantasypros.com, statistics, you know, season rankings, look and see where these guys finished. It's going to surprise you. Remember, Mari Cooper, Christian Kirk, they're wide receiver ones last year. Those are guys you can get a little bit cheaper than your big name Jamar Chase's Justin Jefferson going to put up good points for you too but i agree with everything you guys said chev be the first to a rebuild i love that just like uh be the first to start a run not the guy at the, the end of a run in a draft yep yep very good so i'm supposed to talk about patreon i sorry bob i read ahead a little bit um already talked about the patreon but look we have plenty of room for you come hang out we would love that so scenario number two you're a rebuilding team and you're looking for a core player to continue building your dynasty round, you've managed to add a good bit of future draft capital and you have some young pieces that are nice, but you lack that centerpiece that you want to build your team around. I'm sorry if I'm distracting anybody. Tightening up my mic stand. <laughs> so which position and player are you attacking first? Given at the cost to do so, let's talk, let's talk about the tight end position first. We all know CEO loves tight end position. Oh, and yeah. this is a name that hasn't quite panned out where we wanted it to yet. So we're targeting Kyle Pitts, tight end, forgive me, at the cost of show favorite Pat Frymuth and quasi-show favorite Michael Pittman. I say quasi because I don't think Bob's real big on Michael Pittman, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, I think he's iffy. Yeah, which I, I get that. completely understand that. You have a guy like Anthony Richardson coming in. You know, Anthony Richardson to me, the guy is not really going to support a huge, you know, like big wide receiver one mm-hmm. in offense. Um, he's probably the guy you want in the offense instead of some of the pieces. But, uh, Chev, what, what do you think about this cost? Pat Frymuth and Michael Pittman for Kyle Pitts, or are you holding fast with Muth and Pitt? I honestly think you're holding fast on this one because we haven't really seen what the potential is for Desmond Ritter. We've seen Kyle Pitts do it one year, but he still has not done anything this offseason with his knee injury that he had. So that is a little worrisome for me. I know they're probably just being super precautious as, you know, there's nothing to win right now. You are not winning. You're not scoring points. So holding him out is the best option. But you know, there's a lot of other pieces there now that are going to be catching passes. We have Drake London there. We have Bijan Robinson. Like, those are not slouches in an offense. And I, I think it's going to be a little tougher for Kyle Pitts to score as much points as we were really hoping for when he came out of Florida. So I think I'm staying with Fryermuth and Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman had an incredible year last year. Catch, I think he caught 99 passes, but he had the lowest amount of yards, I think, at that <laughs> time. And he didn't have super a lot of touchdowns either. So – I still think there's a lot of potential with Firemuth and Pittman in this one. Yeah, and when you look at Michael Pittman last year too, I mean, look at who was throwing him the ball. I mean, Matt Ryan. Oh, who, who else? Didn't Sam Ellinger start a game? Ellinger got the in there. Time? Ellinger got in there. I, I can't remember who else. Uh, sure, I'm sure there was somebody else. It was. I, I think we don't want to remember. To be honest, uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks that we want to remember from last year. But I got to be honest with you, I think I'm sticking with Pat Frymuth and the Michael Pittman side here, even though I just said Michael Pittman might not be what he wants him to be. Pat Frymuth was tight end 12 last year. There's going to be guys that aren't going to make this list that were tight end ones last year. 
let me name them for you. Taysom Hill was tight end three somehow. Well, he had 575 rushing yards, so that's cheating. Um, I think guys like Evan Ingram could not be a tight end one. It's a possibility Cole Komet is not a tight end one. Dawson Knox was tight end nine. He could fall out. And Dalton Schultz, although I like him as a buy low this year, I don't see him being a tight end one again. I think he's a mid to high level tight end two. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to stick with the Frymuth side. There's a possibility that Pat Frymuth is like tight end six this year. There's no guarantee that Kyle Pitts is even a tight end one. We haven't seen it yet. We want to see it. We're not sold on Desmond or like Chef said. And the greatest wide receiver on the planet is in Atlanta as well. So Chef, I'm sorry, Nate, what are you doing in this situation? Yeah, I think um, in this situation, I'm going to hold on. And it's less because I'm not not devaluing Kyle Pitts here, but I do think that Pat Frymuth is being a little underrated because I think that he is kind of that tight end six, seven in Dynasty for me. And the jump from Pat Frymuth to Kyle Pitts, um, especially if it's not a tight end premium league, is not really worth uh, the, the jump of Michael Pittman, who I think is a pretty decent wide receiver. Maybe he won't be putting up top 12 numbers, but he can be giving you, you know, top 30 numbers I would expect for years to come. And that's a guy that you, you'll you be able to rely on two to three years down the window, no problem. Yep. For sure. All right, so we're all agreeing there. All right, so at wide receiver, if we're targeting Garrett Wilson, are we doing so at the cost of Christian Watson, a 24 first and a 24 second? Let's put it back around and start with you on this one. Yeah, I think this is a bit of a high price to pay um, myself. Um I'm not the biggest fan of Christian Watson here, and I do love Garrett Wilson, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think the wide receiver position is kind of replaceable. And I'm just not willing to pay up for Garrett Wilson, who is, is a great wide receiver. But there's other wide receivers who are young and other wide receivers coming into the league over the next two years mm -hmm. who are going to be in the same tier as him um, in, in the future. And he's not Justin Jefferson. He's not Jamar Chase, not yet at least. And I'm not willing to, you know, Hey, what I, you know, this value wise is, you know, two first plus um, I'm looking at maybe two first for Garrett Wilson, but uh, not more than that. Um, I'd rather start moving these pieces for other players, maybe Christian Watson and a second for um, a, a different kind of wide receiver. I wish I had one off the top of my head. <laughs> no, I, I get that. I love Garrett Wilson. I'd rather have Garrett Wilson than Christian Watson, but I feel like this is an overpay as well. I would look elsewhere if this was the case, see if I can get a Chris Olave, maybe a little bit cheaper sure. in this regard. Um, so I'm going to just, I'm not going to make this move. Chev, what are your thoughts here? Yeah. And if I'm rebuilding, I'm keeping probably the first and Christian Watson as well. And the second, I just feel like, you know, we seen Jackson Smith, the jig, but he was going around six and seven in the drafts that I've gone through so far in Superflex, Like, this pick could easily become another good wide receiver. There's plenty of them coming out in 2024. So I'm fine with hanging on to Christian Watson, who has proven that, you know, he has the athletic ability and he showed what he's capable of. I don't know if it's going to be to that extent now with Jordan Love being there at the quarterback helm, but I think those pieces are just a little bit more exciting for you in the rebuild at this point. Trading up to get uh, Garrett Wilson could be good for you, but – who knows how long Aaron Rodgers there as well. I love Garrett Wilson, but I think I'm sticking with the, the Watson side as well. Yeah. Wants. Also, you know, I never like to give three assets for one, especially for a rebuilding team. If I'm a contending team, sure, I can consolidate. But when I'm a rebuilding team, I want as many, um, you know, picks, as many players that have potential that I can have. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's talk about quarterback targeting Justin Fields at the cost of Daniel Jones and Jordan Addison 
and a 24 second. This one's actually pretty easy for me. I love Justin Fields. I'm going to stick with the Daniel Jones side here. Um, Daniel Jones had a really good season last year. His best season as a, a fantasy player, I believe. I don't think I need to fact check that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was his best season ever. And we all like Jordan Addison. We think he's in a good spot. And a 24 second. We still don't know what Justin Fields is going to be. We hope he's a lot better than uh, what he was last year. But we saw what Daniel Jones is in this offense, the Mike Kafka offense um, under their head coach, whose name, Brian Dable, under head coach Brian Dable. So we know what it is. Um, I'm still a little concerned about the Giants wide receiver core. We're still also a little concerned about the Bears wide receiver core because they got DJ Moore, but we haven't seen him play with Justin Fields yet. Chev, agree, disagree. Your Bears fans, what are we doing Uh, here? Yeah, I mean, this one's actually tougher for me because I actually like Jordan Addison's landing spot a lot. I think that wide receiver receiver two position in Minnesota is going to be heavily targeted, and I think it's going to be a spot that is easily open, honestly, in this next coming year. So that one's a little bit harder for me. I don't really trust Daniel Jones, if I had to be honest. If Saquon is not there, that team is going to be a mess. I don't think offensively that they're going to be able to do as much as people are hoping without Saquon. When Saquon's there, that takes a lot of – pressure away from daniel jones i am gonna go with the justin Fields side on this one i think his talent and what he he brings to the table is going to be enough for fantasy football wise nfl wise i'm not exactly sure yet what he can bring to the table have a lot left to see but i think he has progressed well enough he's getting dj Moore, getting some other pieces back that were injured last year and darnell mooney i think that offense is going to look a lot better this upcoming year and we saw Justin Fields be successful just rushing the football in fantasy. Yep. No passing at all, really, to go with it. It was like 2,200 yards, which is absolutely pitiful and tough to watch. But I think this is the year that he has to put it together. Uh, everything out of camp is going well. DJ Moore is there now to solidify that wide receiver room. I'm all in on Justin Fields this year. I do want to say Daniel Jones did finish his quarterback nine last year. And look at this beautiful wide receiver core. His starting wide receivers. Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, and Isaiah Hodgins. We got Jalen Hyatt, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson. So Wandale, <laughs> excuse me, is listed yet. as a uh, backup to Paris Campbell. So. Okay. What are you saying, Sean? <laughs> What are you saying here? You're putting a paragraph <laughs> in the, in the I'm trying to host the show. Oh, man. All right. Kick so, it to Nate. Yeah, just kick it to Nate. <laughs> Nate, Nate what are your thoughts here? Go. I got to read I got to read this small novel that Sean just typed here. Go ahead, Nate. <laughs> so I'm going to take Justin Fields here. Um, I, I love the talent of Justin Fields. I love the rushing ability of Justin Fields. And we've seen that that makes a huge difference in fantasy mm-hmm. football at the quarterback position. Uh, Justin Fields is a guy that I'm feeling confident right now is a top 10 quarterback in Dynasty. And if you'll secure that, when I feel like outside of that top 10, there are so many question marks at the quarterback position. I don't believe in Daniel Jones long term. I love the Jordan Addison landing spot. But like I said before, um, wide receiver, you can find another wide receiver. It's a lot harder to find a really good quarterback. I'm willing to make this move for a quarterback. I can build my team around. Yep. All right. There we go. That about does it so those decisions were hard but the easiest decision to make in fantasy football is not having to worry about setting your lineup and still having all the fun of drafting your favorite players underdog fantasy makes that happen and you can get a 100 deposit match up to 100 when you sign up for the first time using promo code rewind that is all caps 
Don't miss out on as many drafts as you can handle, as well as season-long higher or lower predictions. Check out the link in the description and use promo code Rewind to get 100% first-time deposit match up to $100. I guarantee if you do that, Dan will gladly do some best ball with you. Dan loves doing drafts. He will gladly do it. And the Chihuahua just opened up a $4 tournament on an underdog, so easily accessible and uh, loads of fun. Shot at 25k for four bucks. Yeah, let's go. Fire me up. Fire me up. I mean, yeah, you can't can't beat that four bucks. I I, admittedly, I didn't do as much underdog last year as I wanted to. I need to. I think I'm gonna hammer down like a bunch of drafts at night when I'm on vacation next month. You know, just do it up. Mine is Canton, Ohio. Canton, Ohio is where Mm -hmm. I thrive on on underdog. That's (laughs) That's right. You can't do it in Arizona, right? So I can. But now we I don't, there was just something special about doing it in with Nate and everybody there at the oh, bowling okay. alley. Oh, come I mean, on. Come on. Good times. Good times. Wait, guys, you're going to give me crap for not going to the bowling alley? Yeah. Yeah, you probably would have bowled a 300, so I'm glad you didn't go, man. I would not have bowled a 300. I can guarantee you that. But I was networking. I was networking. Mm-hmm. Um, just just get going back real quick. Of all these deals, would you take any of these or would you hold for a possible top five 2024 pick? So looking at these deals, I do love a top, top five 2024 pick. There's a really good class coming out, um, especially super flex. You know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, two really good quarterbacks. We've got Marvin Harrison Jr., who is the B. John Robinson of wide receivers coming out next year. And he's got an Ohio State running mate, uh, Mika Buka, who's also a really good wide receiver. And then there's some – you know, top talent at the wide uh, running back position as well. We got Brock Bowers, tight end. Woo. It's a sneak peek, man. Sneak peek yeah. into the 2024 class. A yeah. top five pick is pretty awesome. Um, the cost that Bob listed here, uh, Kenny Pickett, Brandon Ayuk, and Greg Dalsich, and a 24 second. You know, that's too much to pay for a projected top five pick, though. For me, yeah. if I mean, it was, if I could, you know, have a really, really good um, faith that it was top three, I would be willing to make that move because then I could definitely get one of marvin harrison jr drake may caleb williams i would be willing to make that move but after that top three i'm not confident enough in that top five to move all those pieces especially when while i'm willing to move off picket dulcich in 24 second i like brandon Ayuk. don't want to sell him in that package uh, if i could replace him maybe with a uh, different wide receiver i value a little bit less mm-hmm. like uh, maybe calvin ridley if you're a rebuilding team you can move off a guy like him i would make a move like that I agree with everything Nate said. Chef, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think that's just too big of a package to give away just for the hopes of it being a top three. So I'm staying with the package as well at this point. Fun to talk about the 2024 Ooh, class. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Oh, it's just fun to hear. So far days. away. So excited so already. Far. I'm ready for college football. Boys. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you. Uh, I'm ready. College fantasy. Let's get oh, into yeah. that. Nate. We have a C2C draft that needs to get done pretty soon. A supplemental draft last I checked. Yeah, pretty soon we do. We right. do. I'm back from vacation now, so I got to get that going. Yes, you do. Also, are you wearing a button-down shirt on the podcast tonight? I am wearing a button-down shirt. I had to make sure that the professor came back in strong. All right, so the professor <laughs> is doing it up. So let's go to our third scenario here. We got two more for you guys. Assuming we're contending and we need points on this roster right now, what are we doing with running backs in sticky contract situations? Guys like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Now, as of right now, Saquon Barkley has not signed his tender. Josh Jacobs has, if I'm correct, right? He's back, I believe, right? I, I don't think, I don't he think has. so. No, I think I don't he's think still he's... hanging on. 
our producer Sean should be checking out. on that and typing in the uh, these chat. But anyway, are we buying, selling, or holding? If we're moving off these guys, how are we pivoting? And are we looking at handcuffs? If we're buying Saquon or Jacobs. What are we paying? So let's talk about some recent trades for Saquon Barkley. And these are all vetted DLF trades. I know the Nate will not make this first one. Saquon <laughs> for J.K. Dobbins and T.J. Hawkinson. It's the Dobbins and Hawk side for me, easily. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah, yep. um, we can all agree there. Yeah, Saquon in a 24 second and a 24 third for Jonathan Taylor. You know, I'm willing to make that move. Um, you get a little bit younger at the running back position. I think you get the same production, but you get it for a little bit longer and. 24 second, 24 third to lock down a player um, that I feel more confident about. Sure. I'm a contending team. Yeah, I can make that deal. Yeah. yeah I'm I, contending. I'm doing it, Chip. Yeah, easily. I'm going Jonathan Taylor here. I just, those picks honestly could turn into something, but there's a good chance they turn into nothing. I mean, it's mean, probably a are, late second if I'm a contending team. So, yeah, there's no reason to risk it at that point. I think you just go with Jonathan Taylor and have fun with that offense next year. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm completely on board with that. And Nate's right. If you're contending, that could be the 212 for all you know mm-hmm. after this season. So, exactly. And the last one here, Saquon for Ramondre Stevenson in a second. Give me the Ramondre side right now. Do, yeah. do I think Saquon's a better player? Yeah. But he said he could hold out the season. Because that works. <laughs> Yeah, nothing says pay me more as a running back as me not playing a whole year and just getting older. Like that just screams pay me it right now. I, I, the running back still haven't figured it out. You thought they would have after Lev Bell, after Melvin Gordon, but nope, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I'm going to take the guy who I know is going to play this year. That's Ramondre. Nate? Yay, Nate? Uh, I'm, I'm really turned around on Ramondre Stevenson this offseason. I'm going to take Ramondre Stevenson here. Who I think is going to give me similar production over the next two years because he is the running back in the New England Patriots right now. It's not the committee that we've seen for so long. Um, Stevenson is the guy. He's getting the volume, and we'll get the 24 second on top. I don't think we're really uh, tearing down too much, um, to be to be fair, because Stevenson's still there for two more years. And what do I think of Barkley after two more years? I mean, hey. I'll take the second round pick. All right. Um, so he, Josh Jacobs has not signed his franchise tag. He's also not participated in off season, any off season program. So um, Josh Jacobs, and this is courtesy of two hours ago. So this is being recorded on June 20th. It's currently 9.04 PM Eastern standard time for all those wondering. Josh Jacobs took a veiled shot at the Raiders on social media on Tuesday. Um, Tuesday afternoon, Jacobs set, sent a succinct two word tweet bad business so he would earn 10.1 million on the franchise tag this season um josh jacobs i will not earn 10.1 million this year and i guarantee i work harder than you sign the tender my man um but that's what's going on so neither of these guys are signed although i do think hopefully josh jacobs comes around to his senses he has not said anything about holding out but let's get into some of these trades josh jacobs for dk metcalf your contender nate uh, I'm, I'm taking Josh Jacobs here. Um, he was the RB3 last year, 19.3 fantasy points per game. I mean, he's doing a lot more in your lineup than DK Metcalf is over the next two years. Um, of course, we we want Metcalf. He's a great player. But if I have any chance of making the playoffs and trying to compete for the championship, give me Josh Jacobs every time. I'm assuming if you're a contender, you have other guys that you can put up to. 
Um, if Josh Jacobs misses a couple weeks, like maybe the holdout lingers and then he signs a couple weeks into the season. Give me the Josh Jacobs side as well. Chev? Same thing. I mean, there's no real competition at the running back position if Josh Jacobs comes back. Can't say the same for DK Metcalf at this point. And it's hard to find those guys that could be bell cow running backs. Yep. And he could be that guy this upcoming year once again. And you need those guys if you're going to win fantasy championships. Yeah. You know, you're looking at the Raiders depth chart. Amir Abdullah is the guy right behind him. Brandon Bolden, Zamir White, who a lot of people thought was going to be a thing. We got uh, Britton Brown, Austin Walter, and Sincere McCormick, who Sincere I liked, but he's like eighth on the depth chart. Um, so look, and you know, the problem I have with these guys is you draft these guys in the first round. Don't bitch when you got to pay him either though. You know what I mean? But still $10.1 million is a lot of money. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Josh Jacobs for Kenneth Walker. Give me Josh Jacobs. Let's do it. Give me Josh Jacobs. Give me Jacobs. Uh, and the last one, Josh Jacobs for Alexander Madison in a late 24 first. I'm running away with this one. I love it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Alexander Madison, he's going to get some volume. We know that, but I don't believe in his efficiency. I, don't, I believe in his ability to be the workhorse. We haven't really seen it um, in the opportunities that he has had with, with Dalvin Cook out. He's been decent, but that's about it. Give me the my late first next year. Give me Josh Jacobs. That late first should better be the one one twelve. So let's, let's get it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, there's a lot of expectation on Madison to be good this year if you're trading for him, because if you're trading for him, you're hoping he's Dalvin Cook. And I just don't see him being Dalvin Cook. I honestly think they're going to throw the football more this upcoming year than they have in a while. So I look to them to be more of a passing team than a running team at this point. Hey. And. They, they were the fourth most passing team last year. They passed well, the ball plenty already. They're going to be plenty more than that now. So we'll see yeah. what happens. But I, I think that offense is just going to be pass heavy again, and it's going to be tough for Madison to get going. Yeah, and I mean, the Vikings depth chart of running backs, not anything great. Ty Chandler, who I was kind of a fan of last year. We got Kenny and Guanu. I don't know if I said that right. Sorry, Kenny. And uh, my man Dwayne McBride is currently sitting fourth. But, hey. Vikings roll with a fullback too. So maybe CJ Ham. There you go. Relevance for you. Who knows? And I feel like I'm a hypocrite because I said Madison's going to break out, but that was because his price was so dang cheap at that point. Now it's a little tougher at this point. Mm-hmm. I am going to disagree with you thinking you're a hypocrite. And here's why you were talking about the value and the breakout mm-hmm. for Alexander Madison could be Alexander Madison being a high end running back too. We're talking yeah. about a guy who was the running back three last year. Sure. So it's the comparison is, is pretty vast. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from, yeah. but it's all about the value to me. True. So you were right. I'm still taking Josh Jacobs because there's a chance he could be the running back three again. Oh, 100%. Or, sure. All right. That is not what I need to be at. Here's where I need to be. So I was going on the pod uploading site. It doesn't help me get to the show sheet. So this is from one of our rewinders, Spacenfeld. I hope I said that right. You're a competitive team. Are you looking to make moves to compete your on your roster now or wait until closer to the season? On one hand, if you wait, you can avoid some injuries, but players typically rise in value the closer to the season we get, so you'll have to pay more. On the other hand, you may have to buy more efficiently now, but you could risk losing that asset to injury as well as the assets you spent to acquire the original asset. Which avenue do you prefer? Is there another answer to the question? And I think the answer is, It really depends on your league. There's a lot of leagues that go dormant this time of year, no matter what you try to do. It's really hard to say. I'm going to say 
it can't hurt if you're trying to acquire a player to do it when the value is low. Mm-hmm. If you, especially with how the way things are going now, preseason's already been lowered from four to three games. Mm-hmm. Coaches are putting more into joint practices than they are actual games. So let's just say you want to acquire, I'll use an Eagle as an example. You want to acquire Jalen Hurts. Safe to say he's not going to get hurt in the, in the preseason. Just sign a big deal. They're going to bubble wrap the guy. He may play one series the entire offseason. And as an Eagles fan, that's all I want to see him out there for. Okay, great. You threw a touchdown pass to Devonta Smith. Go to the bench. Go to the bench. <laughs> if you're trying to acquire those high-profile players, the likelihood of them getting hurt, I feel, is slimmer than a lesser high-profile player, in my opinion. So go acquire now at a quote-unquote cheaper cost if you can. Chev, what say you? Injuries are going to happen at any point in the offseason. Like, I don't really think it matters whenever you acquire people. I think it's just acquiring people when their value is at the lowest. Like Mike said beforehand, like some of these guys like Javante and Brees Hall, maybe people forgot about how good they were and they're going to be on the injury. I think you wait on those guys for a few weeks into the season while they're not doing anything. Or if you want to trade for them now to get the, the leg up on people. But I don't know. I just think you can acquire players whenever. I don't think you have to worry about injuries or whatnot. And, and in Dynasty, too, you don't have to worry about bye weeks because they change every other year. That's one thing I just say, screw it. Mm-hmm. Next year will be different. It doesn't even matter at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I try not to – like I know a lot of guys when they're doing startups, they really think about bye weeks. And I'm like, well, you're going to screw yourself out you know. eventually. You'll figure it out. I think figure in the out. league that we're all in together, the Rewind League, I think I have like – seven or eight dudes on week seven bye. So whoever plays me then like, congratulations, you got an easy dub, but I can't wait to see your waiver wire activity for week seven. (laughs) I'm going to say that it's going to be, it's going to be pretty interesting. Like, Oh, Chef's going to play Kyle. He's this week. It should be fun. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, He'll catch like two touchdown passes that week too. Rex Burkhead Um, is out there somewhere. There you go. Uh, Nate, what are you doing in this circumstance here? Yeah, so I, I you can't project injury. I'm just not worried about that. I think you got to strike while the iron's hot. You know, if a player is of value to you, that's when you got to go after him because um, you you can't time the market. You know, things are going to happen where you might think, okay, I can get this guy later for slightly cheaper. You might not be able to go ahead and get him now if you think he's a value. Um, there, I there is a kind of strategy though of when you acquire these players. The you look at their situation. And if a, if a player is already in a situation that is very concrete and we know what it's going to look like week one starting now, like, for example, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is the RB1 in, in Carolina. There's no question about it. Nothing's going to change between now and week one. Now, if you want to talk to me about maybe the Rams backfield or, uh, you know, a backfield that we have a lot of question marks about, and we want to see how it plays out. Sure. You know, you w- might want to wait for that so you can avoid risk. But a guy like Miles Sanders, go ahead and buy him now because the closer we get to the season when people start setting lineups, they're going to value that player even more because he's scoring fantasy points. Mm-hmm. So there is some timing of the market there where if you want to avoid risk, those murky backfields, those players where they don't really have that depth chart spot yet, you can wait on those guys. They might get a little bit more expensive once that has been clarified, but then you you know avoid that risk. And that's what I like to do. I like to avoid that risk in those murky situations and go attack the guys that I know what their situation is going to look like in 2023 now. Go ahead and get ahead of the curve. Yeah, and also for everyone out there that's listening, please don't ask me about the Eagles backfield. I don't know. 
I have no clue what they're going to do. It's going to be, they're going to ride the hot end. Ask me in week 17 and I'll let you know um, how the Eagles backfield is looking. Like a guy like Swift's already being valued as the RB one in the Eagles backfield. And sure. I think that there's a good chance he is, but there's question marks there with Rashad Penny. If he's healthy, how much he'll play, you know, Boston Scott always gets his Kenny Gainwell's there. I'm just willing to let that one kind of ride it out and see what happens. Jalen yeah. Hurts, too. He's going to get his. <laughs> he's going to get a lot of red zone rushing attempts. He's going to get a lot of, like, fourth and short. There's a couple times where, you know, fourth and short, he squirted through for more than just one necessary yard. So it's always yeah. possible. Um, as an Eagles fan, I think it's going to be great to watch. As a fantasy player, it's going to be miserable. It's going to be worse than any Patriots backfield I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, that's just for fantasy. So that wraps it up. We really appreciate everybody listening this week. Don't forget to check out Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Rewind for a 100% match. The first deposit up to $100. Hey, tickets are going on sale now. SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code Dynasty Rewind. You get $20 off your first ticket purchase. That's fantastic. Make sure you check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Sign up for a year. Get a month free, essentially. And also, Spread Shop. Link is in the description. Go get yourself some Dynasty Rewind swag. You will look so much better drafting, wearing it. So, until next time, Shevin Nooney, Nate, the Professor Christian. That's right. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening, everybody.